You are listening to the Fantasy Nightcap, a fantasy collective production with your host, Shane. Grab a drink, kick back, and enjoy the show. Welcome into the Fantasy Nightcap. Grab a drink, kick back, and relax. I am your bartender for the night, Shane, and you can find me on Twitter at FFShaneB. And joining me tonight is a very good friend of mine. We are found out over the last few weeks we're kind of the same person, which is really cool. And he is your next rotating tap, and that is Mr. Nate Polvote. And Nate has so many sites that he works for, I'm going to let him introduce them all. So, Nate, how are you? <laughs> and where all do you do work for? Shane, I'm great. As you know, um, I love you, man. And I love doing shows, and I'm stoked to be on a show with you. I love talking football. Excited to be here. Um, yes, I do work for a lot of places. I'm putting out a lot of content, a lot of different places. So I'll start with the very first and the most dear to my heart in between media at IBT underscore media on Twitter. Uh, Seth is like my brother, not like my brother. He's my brother from another mother. Um, <clears throat> we're putting out a combination of lifestyle and fantasy sports. And then I have got 32 and 32 fantasy football that I created with my wife, Jennifer. And that is us covering all 32 teams in 32 minutes comes out every Saturday as a podcast and on YouTube, just all the fantasy relevant players. We kind of hammer through it. And then every Tuesday, David Cruz does a waiver wire show for us. Um, I've got coming off the edge every Tuesdays at seven Eastern with Jeff Bell, Corey Spala. We've got chef James crease and then occasional appearances by a few other people. Um, I am writing for the fantasy football collective which you may have heard of Shane. I don't know if you're familiar with them. Um, they're, no, they're pretty I just cool. help start them. <laughs> That's all. You're just a founding member and the one who brought me in. Um, I write a dynasty column for you guys, which I enjoy. It's been a blast. Um, I just started writing for the lateral as well. So I'm going to have yep. a congratulations. All that Thank today. you. Thank you. Uh, Herms and I have been trying to figure that out for a while. And we finally figured it out with Malcolm where they needed me. So pretty cool. Yeah, pretty cool. It's just a weekly recap, three takeaways from the weekend. Um, fun stuff. Fun stuff. Uh, oh, and one more NFL labs with Brad Bolt, where we're talking nice. not, not fantasy football, but Real just football. straight up football. Um, I eventually will be recording my Broncos show here soon when we can figure out the time because um, he's in Australia. So <laughs> oh. a little bit of a time difference. Yeah, I think it's like eight in the morning there right now. Yeah, I think that's I think right. He's like, he's like just getting to work. So on Tuesday, Brad lives in the future. Whoa, mind blown. Mind blown. And that's all I got. Shout out uh, Thieves. Yeah. <laughs> All right, well, before we get into it, we got to start with the weekly segment. What are you drinking? And I'll let you start as the beloved guest. So I am drinking a Deschutes Squeezy Rider West Coast IPA. Um, Really good. Really good. Yeah. Um, Most nights I would also have a sipper of Buffalo Trace, but I do not tonight because I'm trying to do a podcast here. (laughs) <laughs> well, tonight I am drinking uh, Trop Hop. So if you were a fan of Southern Charm on Bravo, you know that Austin Kroll, one of the uh, cast members, 
brews his own beer, and it is Trop Hop. So it's a uh, grapefruit and passion fruit IPA. I uh, bought it when I was down in Charleston or near Charleston uh, Labor Day weekend. And that same weekend, he was actually here in Greenville releasing it in Greenville. So now I can get it here, and I'm really happy. Um, It's actually really good. So, but yeah, cheers. Cheers, man. Awesome. Now it is time for the Fantasy Beer Exchange. Yay! Yeah, so I've added this segment to give give the listeners people and to think about trading for, and clearly I'm three beers in at this point with my lightweight self, um, and four and a half hours of traveling today, so pardon my uh, lack of uh, fluidity there with the... Uh, the- the intro to this but let's start it off nate uh with buy highs and buy lows and i'm gonna flip it up this week let's start with our buy lows and do you want to go first you want me to go first i don't care you pick i'll go first i'll go first okay so my buy low this is good i mean anyone who listens to this who knows me is like yeah duh lavisca chanel man People yeah, are really kind of like crapping on his value in Dynasty right now, which is fine. Go for it. But remember that Urban Meyer isn't going to be the coach next year. And yeah. LaVisca Chanel is not a gadget player. He's a legitimate top-tier wide receiver when he gets the opportunity. They didn't need to go get Marvin Jones. They already had a better option than LaVisca. And now Marvin Jones is stealing work from a guy who is more sure-handed, has more speed, and is less injury-prone than a guy like Marvin Jones which I'm fine with right now. Like, yeah, sure. Most of my teams that are doing well, don't rely on Visca. My teams that are doing poorly could use Visca. So I'm going out and giving like getting him for like next to nothing at this point. What are you like? What would you offer for Visca right now? Uh, I'd probably go with a back end bench veteran. Somebody you're not like, I don't know. I'd give up a James Connor and maybe like a fourth round next year. James Conner has James Conner has about the same ceiling points wise as LaVisca right now. But there's that a perception sense. that they're not similar, which is off. Would you do this might mm, mm. Do you lock it for Chenault straight up? It depends if I'm trying to win now, probably not. Um though the Russell Wilson injury is concerning. Yeah, I heard Pete Carroll say that they might bring in Cam Newton for a workout, so that's interesting. Interesting. I mean, better than Geno Smith, but hey, so Geno Smith has looked bit. looked all right. That's fine. For, he, but here's the thing: it's what not we thought, dude. He has a fifty-eight percent career per- completion percentage. Oh, I'm yeah. You're not, he has thirty-seven picks, thirty touchdowns. You're not going to sell me on Geno Smith. Oh, I'm right? not. I'm. I'm not trying to. But well, for what we've not. seen previously, he's he he's been all right. Better-ish, <laughs> but he's still not a guy you want long term. If Russell no. Wilson's out for any extended period of time, you don't want Geno Smith running that team. Oh, 100 percent. Which is concerning for DK Metcalf, Tyler Lockett. It's not as concerning for the running backs like Rashad Penny, who I may have previously talked about um yeah but it's concerning for the wide receivers in that offense yeah so yeah i might actually yeah i might actually do that okay cool yep 
so my buy low, and this is also similar to Nate, if you have listened to anything that I've said or seen my Twitter feed, uh, you know that I'm very high on this player and the talent that they have. And they're only in their second year, just like LaVisca. Um, it's Clyde Edwards-Alaire, CEH. So he's out for three weeks at least being placed on IR. I think now is a great time to go buy him, especially with the game that Darrell Williams just had scoring two touchdowns. Um having, I believe it was 21 carries for 62 yards and four targets, three catches. I don't, his yardage and that receiving sounds was, right around. Yeah, it sounds right. Was minimal. But my point, point is, is that if CEH comes back and was to be given the volume or even just get the volume that he's been getting, he was scoring 17 to 19 points per game in the three games before he got hurt and roughly 13 before that, go buy him while he's hurt because his price has probably dropped. Um, and I believe, so I, I had a, a, a Twitter debate about this today too. Um, when he's been given the volume, he's been loads more efficient from a yardage standpoint than Daryl Williams. And the counterpoint in that argument was, well, Daryl Williams is the goal line back. He's getting the touchdowns. That's fine. The Chiefs need to figure out how to use CEH in the the red zone, which is not running your five foot eight, two hundred pound back up the middle. If you've got a shovel pass, throw it to CEH. Run a speed option. Find different ways that are more creative, which I know you can do, Andy Reid, to use CEH. And so CEH is a buy low for me because I feel like the injury and what Williams has done has dropped his price. So I'd be willing to go buy him now. Nate, if you ask me what I'm going to offer to go get CEH, I have no earthly clue. I might, in, in Dynasty, I can't believe I'm about to say this, but maybe two seconds. Dude. Maybe two seconds in another starting running back just to kind of get the conversation started. You know what? I mean, that would do it for me if I had CEH was looking to trade him. I'm yeah. low on I'm lower. I'm really low on CEH though. Um, my concern is again, well, first of all, it's his ability to score because he just can't punch the ball in. And they've tried with him for a season and a half now, and it just they've they've well, the now pivoted to Daryl Williams. That bothers me with them trying to punch it in is they they only try to punch it in with him literally straight up the middle. I mean, yeah, sure. That's how Andy Reid likes to do it. And he's got a guy that can do it. He's going to use the guy who can do it. And yeah. I, like, I, I'm not disagreeing with you, but if that's the way Reid wants to run his offense and he wants to punch it up the middle at the goal line and Darrell Williams can do it, he's going to get those touches. No, um, I totally agree with that. I think CH should be more involved in the passing game and he's just 100%. not. I think that that's never going to happen in Kansas city. And this has always been my argument against CEH. And it started last season when he was drafted was he's not that goal line type back. And what Kansas city wants out of a running back is someone who can punch it in. Yeah. They don't need a receiving back because they've got Tyree kill. They've got Travis Kelsey. And now they're using Nicole Hardman a little bit more in the offense. Byron effing Pringle. Byron Pringle. They've got Josh Gordon in there now. So when CEH is with a different team, 
I'm all in. But with Andy Reid and the way he runs this Kansas City offense, I just don't think we're going to see CEH be what he's what he could be. Okay, I'd so still, I'd, I'd still I take guess a flyer my... on him. I still take a buy low flyer on him in Dynasty though, because if you have the bench spot, and like there are going to be these those weeks where he's going to get volume, and if you can figure out, and it's not hard to figure out when those weeks are going to be: weak run defense, better pass defense. That's when we're going yeah. to see CEH excel. And yeah. it's worth a play those weeks. And if you're deep enough, yeah, spend a little bit on him, especially at his value right now because it's pretty low. So uh, I guess my follow-up question to that before we move on to buy highs is, do you think CEH is a talented enough running back to be a, let's say just a mid to high RB2 for the rest of his career once he gets off of, off of Kansas City? Yes, I do. But not as long, or unless unless Reed changes philosophy, which I mean I don't see happening. But the thing that make that confuses me the most, Nate, is like Reed compared him to Brian Westbrook, said he was better than Brian Westbrook. Patrick Mahomes is like, go draft this guy, and they don't they don't use him. Yeah, but you don't need to use Brian Westbrook when you have Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey. Also fair, but I think the the problem that the Chiefs have had so far this year, in my opinion, is they haven't balanced enough. That's fair. And they and they talked about it on the broadcast yesterday because my my wife is a Chiefs fan. She was she wanted to watch the game. They are only they've only been trying to hit the deep shots and the boom plays. They haven't been balanced in trying to go at the shorter game and the running game, etc. And they finally did that yesterday, and then it opened up in the second half. Yes. So I think when CEH comes back to that, if they continue to set the game up in the second half with CEH as a starting running back, CEH is a more efficient player than Daryl Williams to me. So he brings that fantasy value, at least from a yardage perspective, sure to get to get where he needs to be so the one thing that i have said and i started saying it at the end of last season is that i think for the kansas city system daryl williams makes more sense as a running back overall and i i worry i think you and i actually have debated this before on another show we have (laughs) Uh, i think it was on trade addicts or dynasty game night yeah yeah yeah. it was dynasty game night yeah. Yep, 100%. Um, I, I feel like there's a chance that with CEH on IR right now that Daryl Williams supplants his role as the lead running back in this Kansas City offense, and he does everything that Andy Reid asks him to do, and he produces. No, that's totally fair. Um and I don't have a counterpoint to it other than we've seen 1A and 1B running backs where one is the the pounded guy and one is the more elusive kind of mm-hmm. shifty receiving back with, I want to say Deuce McAllister. Yeah, Deuce McAllister. Blast Who's with past. Deuce and that wasn't DeMarco, was it? Mm-mm. Mm-mm. 
I don't remember. But that wasn't who I was trying to say. Mark Ingram and Alvin Kamara. Melvin yep. Gordon and Austin Eckler. Yep. Um, right now, we're seeing it with DeAndre Swift and Jamal Williams. Yep. When Williams the, is on the field. If the Lions can figure out what the hell they're doing. We've seen it with Aaron Jones and Jamal Williams. We saw it last year with Alvin Kamara and Latavius Murray. So, like, it's possible, I think, for someone like CEH to be a valuable fantasy running back. But for some reason, Kansas City doesn't use him like those other teams use their prototypical receiving back. So, I think now is a great time to buy him low. Yep. I don't disagree. Awesome. All right, so who is your... uh, we covered your buy low? Yes, Chanel. Mm-hmm. Uh, who's your buy high? Oh, baby, it's Kyle Pitts. I like it. <clears throat> so with Ridley out last week, we saw what Kyle Pitts was capable of. And um, it's a lot. And it's only going to get more. He's going to start seeing more volume, more red zone volume. He's talented. You can't deny well, it. I don't care that Calvin Ridley's is, coming Nate, back. The crazy thing is, Nate, he was already seeing volume. Mm-hmm. He's just seeing the red he's zone. He's already seen. Yeah. And he's a big mobile target. So what we all knew finally got showcased last week. Kyle Pitts to the moon. I will spend, I'll give up a couple first rounders and I would probably give up. I I would package George Kittle for him. I don't hate that, especially with Kittle's health injury or health Well, and that's a big problems. thing, like you're 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 hoping that Kittle gets right, and I think two yeah. first and Kittle would probably get me Kyle Pitts, and I'll do that all day, not feel bad about it. I mean, I th- I think two first might get it, but if you throw Kittle on there too, especially in Dynasty, like good lord, I don't it's know, almost man, an overplay, who, but I think it's worth it. The people who have Kyle Pitts rostered um, are crazy about Kyle Pitts, so getting Kyle Pitts from them is going to be difficult because they see the same things that we see. So it's going to take a lot but I think I can trick them into it with Kittle and two first. <clears throat> I don't yeah. value draft picks as highly as a lot of people do because I like a known entity. I don't like question marks. So I am always down to deal out deal draft picks for someone like a Kyle Pitts. I'll give you two first because I guarantee you that those two first round picks aren't going to get me a Kyle Pitts. Neither one of them, yeah. not even like combined value unless I hit, yeah. which doesn't happen that often. Yeah. So. <laughs> maybe you need to fine tune your draft process then sir <laughs> oh it's the it's just the nfl in general like man everything's such a question mark think about all the people who took trey lance super early i'm gonna tell i'm telling you right now i ain't gonna pan out for anybody who took him early including the san francisco 49ers i they're doing closest to what i think they Every NFL team outside of the Jaguars should have done with their rookie QB. And even the Jets, sit your rookie QB. Sit That's fine. Him. Kyle Shanahan's so, going to ruin Trey Lance. You think? Yes. 100%. Why? Because he's not going anywhere. Because Kyle Shanahan's overrated. Wow. He's not that good of a coach. Like, everybody's talking about, like, the 49ers in this special injury case. The rest of the league has had to deal with the same shit, and your team is still bad. And, like, your defense is okay, and you've got parts and pieces, but, like, that offense should be so much better than they are, even with Jimmy Garoppolo. There's no excuse. I completely agree. 
and San Francisco is our, I mean, San Francisco's all in on Kyle Shanahan. They gave him way too much control. Like, I feel like he's more of the GM than John Lynch is at this point, which is crazy. But I feel like he's making or John it Lynch is, is crazy because make more decisions. John Lynch has been good, I think. Yeah, he made good decisions, but then Kyle Shanahan came in and just like that dude, the the running backs and the wide receivers, like Brandon Ayuk, there's no excuse for not using him. Yep. Why Couldn't are George more. Kittle isn't playing well? He's hobbled. He's not catching the ball. Why aren't you using Brandon Ayuk? You know he can catch the ball. Sorry. Go. Rant over. Things that make <laughs> me mad. The Shanahan's, apparently. Okay, right, so, so... My I buy high. I love this pick. It was partially inspired by the game yesterday. But I also just well, yeah, love this guy. Especially in Dynasty. It's CeeDee Lamb. Um... And so here's the thing that I I don't feel like I've told people yet. When I pick a buy high or even a buy low, like I try to actually go make offers for these guys the following Mm -hmm. week. So like so far I've, I've made offers for Chase Claypool. I've made offers for Jamar Chase. Um, I'll attempt to make an offer for CD lamb this week. I like, so I'm trying to follow through on the advice that I'm giving you guys. CD lamb, like, like we talked about earlier is potentially the dynasty. Dynasty wide receiver one. Mm-hmm. He is so talented. He's tied to a talented elite quarterback. Why would you not want him? So I, I think I'd be willing to give up. Whew. It would have to be two firsts. And then the first player that's coming to my head is Terry McLaurin. And that okay. even seems... Do you, so do you think that would get it like if you're the CD owner would you take Terry McLaurin in two firsts for CD? Well, no, but because I'm as high on him as you are. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, I think I think a lot will. I think you'll find a fair amount of owners that will take that and if they won't, they'll tell you who they want. They're going to want those two yeah. firsts. They're probably going to want something in the range of I don't know, like a T Higgins. Yep. Which I'd be okay with. I think the only I think the only Man, wide receiver right hurt. now it would hurt, but also Jamar Chase, which is why I yeah. deal T Higgins because Jamar Chase is the only wide receiver I think I would okay. possibly put ahead of CD Lamb, just because of opportunity. Yeah. So here's the thing, though, and Simon and I talked about this last week, though. So with the Chargers right now, people are kind of th- from what we what I've seen is people are kind of talking about it as like a one and two. So it's like. Keenan Allen's one, Mike Williams is two, or Mike Williams is one, Keenan Allen is two. With them, I think it's more 1A and 1B. What I foresee with the Bengals is 1A and 1B in Jamar Chase and T. Higgins. I don't know, though, because Jamar Chase is so much more. Like, I love T. Higgins, but Jamar Chase is just, he's elite. And Joe Burrow loves him. They play together. I I mean, I, I. Cannot hear, argue with you, and I hear on what you're that. saying because I love T. Higgins' talent. I just think in the long run, Jamar Chase is the one you want in that horse race. That yeah, it's, it's but I, one and two. The only thing that like T. Higgins, I won't say he's just as talented, but he's extremely talented. He is. 
It's like a like, okay, so uh, maybe you're too young to understand this one, but uh, Jerry Rice, John Taylor in San Francisco, because on any other that, team yeah. in, in any on okay, any so other he, team in the NFL, John Taylor is the wide receiver is a one. one. Hands down. Okay, so so here's one that maybe maybe relates: Marvin Harrison and Reggie Wayne. Yeah, that's fair. That's a good one. But Reggie Wayne was still pretty viable, but he wasn't Marvin Harrison viable. Yeah. For fantasy. I was playing fan. I actually drafted both of those guys at various points. I did. I did too. I've oh, been, okay. I, I've been playing since I was 10 years old, so I did too. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> Thanks, yeah. Dad. I mean, we'll, <laughs> right. I mean, we'll see. I, uh, but yeah, I mean, CD lambs. Yes. I, I'm buying him at his price right now. Um, yeah. Unless if you're going to ask me, ask for something crazy, probably not, but I want him. I want him on my team. So I guess, I guess here's my question. Where's that line of crazy for you? I'm not giving up two starters for CD lamb, a starter and draft picks. And I'm not giving up like a wide receiver one plus draft picks for him. Wide receiver two and draft picks running back two and draft picks. That's it. So, or a <laughs> one QB okay. PPR dynasty Najee Harris two firsts or CD Najee Harris and two firsts without a question okay. not I I think I agree the Najee PPR one upside first. with Najee no I'm not giving up Najee I will okay. not trade Najee Harris. His PPR upside is like, don't forget the dude had, okay. So I wrote, I wrote about him today in my lateral column. Cause he was my, yeah. uh, it was one of my three takeaways was Najee is elite. Yeah. Najee is elite. Najee Harris had 19 targets in one game. He has more targets than, and I can't remember the players, but it's like Amari, a long more list. Tar- he has more targets than Amari Cooper, for one, um, which is insane. He had 19 targets in one game. The dude can catch the ball. I'm not. He's a wide receiver and a running back. He's like an Alvin Kamara type. So, no, uh, you can pry him from my cold, dead hands. All right. And then, actually, good. Jen will have taken over my team for me if I'm dead. So, then she won't give him up. So, no. <clears throat> Uh, oh my god i love it all right so let's move on to the trade review section of the fantasy beer exchange and here our good buddy drop the mic ff mike hicks from going for two sent calvin ridley and got henry ruggs two 2020 that is a really hard phrase to say first and a 2023 second and a 14 team super flex. And he basically needed a retool because he had Calvin Ridley, Michael Thomas. And I can't remember who else, but like five or six other starters that were injured. So he had to retool on this. Um, and he DM'd me about it. And I was like, you know, I really like that. And then I asked him for some context, like, is there any way you can come back? And he's like, no, because I'm, I've got so many injured people. So because of the return he got 
I and I really liked Rugs and then getting the two firsts. I gave him an A on this trade. I really, really like this, even though you're having to give up Ridley. But the yeah. like Rugs for me is super underrated, and we're seeing it this year more than we did last year. Plus the the draft capital he got back. This, I mean, it can almost take you right into a into like from going from needing to rebuild to hey, I can contend in twenty twenty two next year with what he got back. So I love it. I'm a big fan of it. Um, my Kyle Pitts love tells me that Calvin Ridley is probably a sell high guy right now. Yeah, because Kyle Pitts is going to start taking over a lot of volume in that offense. And I mean, the picks in addition to getting Henry rug. So I think has a chance to be elite. If um, now that Gruden's gone, actually that excites me a little bit. I'm hoping to see some like stability. Use him offense. more than just a deep threat. Yes. Yes. And I think we saw that against my Broncos. <laughs> Sorry. So, so fun to watch. Um, but yeah, no, I love that. I love it. I think it's a great trade. Good job, Mike. Yeah. So what grade would you give this? I gave it an A. Oh, I give it an A. Okay. Cool. All right. And then fellow collective co-founder, Wardy, Wardamort, as I like to call him, sent Latavius Murray, Corey Davis, a 22 second, a 2024 second, and a 2024 third for Chase Edmonds and Marquez Calloway in a 14-team Superflex League. What do you think of this trade? Because I'm actually in this league with Wardy. I probably wouldn't have made it. Really? Why not? Chase Edmonds is so volume dependent, like not touchdown dependent. And I worry that that volume is starting to slip away because they're shifting more to like a Kyler Murray centric offense. I mean, they've been Kyler Murray centric anyway, but I feel like they're kind of starting to navigate away from the run game. And Marquez Callaway with Michael Thomas coming back. I just don't know. There's going to be that. There's going to be a lot there for him. I think that I would have done Latavius and the third for Edmonds and Callaway, but I wouldn't have given up Corey Davis because I still think there's some upside there, even with Zach Wilson. And then the two seconds too much. Yeah, that makes sense to me, but I'm fine with giving up Corey Davis because kind of what you said, like Zach Wilson hasn't been great. I disagree with you, I think, on the the Wilson take, though. I think I think it'll just take some a little bit of time for Wilson to be okay um, or even good. But I'm fine with giving up Davis and Murray because Murray, even though he's the starter, and I'm putting that in air quotes, if you will, for Baltimore, like you, we talked about previously, like Lev Bell is there. Tyson Williams is still there. Like they, I think they have Devonte Freeman too. I just don't know how long Lat Murray will actually see starter reps. And while I agree that they are in a Kyler centric offense, even in a Kyler centric offense, Chase Edmonds gets one thing that matters to me in PPR, which this league is. And that's catches. And Fair targets. enough. Fair enough. And then Callaway, my only counterpoint to you is like, he's going to go from being the guy and getting the number one corner from all, 
the teams that they face to being the number two. So he's facing the number two corner and has an opportunity to beat that guy a little bit easier than beating the number one corner because they're all focused on Kamara and Michael Thomas. That's fair. So That's I actually fair. gave I actually gave this trade an A um, because the picks like it's a twenty three it was a twenty two second and then a twenty four second and third like those are so far off like I'm not worried about those like I mean that that's a I'm fair really point not. too um, so I'd probably give it a I gave, uh, I'll give it a B minus I like that that's fair I mean your your A grade's fair like I get what you're saying we can't be exactly the same in everything Shane I know. So, and then the last trade, so this was actually a trade that I did, and you'll like this because it is in a multiverse league. So, quick explanation of multiverse for those of you that don't know what it is. It's two parallel leagues. You have a team in each league. You have assets in each league. You can leverage what you're getting in a league to make one league better or one league worse, so you're getting better draft capital and winning another. And that's exactly what I did here. So in multiverse one, I sent AJ Dillon, Sam Darnold, and Robert Woods and got nothing back in multiverse one. Okay. But then in multiverse two, I sent nothing and I got Terry McLaurin and Chuba Hubbard. So I'm not going to grade this because it was my trade. What do you think of this trade? So basically, it's A.J. Dillon, Sam Darnold, and Robert Woods for Terry McLaurin and Chuba Hubbard. For context, too, the guy that got A.J. Dillon has Aaron Jones. I have Christian McCaffrey and got Chuba Hubbard. So what do you think? So I really like that a lot. Um, I I, I feel like there's a chance that uh, Christian McCaffrey may have seen the end of his fantasy relevance because I think that Carolina might have overused him for too long. And we might be at a point now where his body's breaking down. So these injuries are going to become more regular just simply because his joints aren't right. His, his tendons aren't right. His cartilage isn't right because he's just taken hit after hit after hit. So I think Chuba is the next man up in that offense. That's why they drafted him and they got him fairly, what was fourth round? That sounds right. I think he was fourth. Round. I loved it, honestly. I do too. Uh, I think he's talented. I know there's some knocks on him coming out of Oklahoma State, but I didn't really. I watched a lot of film, and I didn't. I don't buy them. Uh, I like him a lot in that offense. I don't mind bailing on Sam Darnold right now, um, and I think Robert Woods is probably at the back end of his production. So in Dynasty, I getting rid of him is fine. AJ Dillon, I don't think is ever going to be a thing unless. Adam Jones, Adam Jones, Aaron Jones is hurt. I don't know about the bassist from Tool being hurt. I'm sorry, the guitar player from Tool, Adam Jones being hurt. Wow. Um, <laughs> so it's unless late. Aaron, it is unless Aaron Jones is hurt. I don't know how much like really you can rely on AJ Dillon. He's going to get touches here and there. But McLaurin and Hubbard, I think long term in Dynasty are like they're smash. Like you should go out and get them. I think this is a good trade. Yeah, so my thinking was simply like with CMC going down, I needed Chuba. Yep. And my wide receiver core in that league that I got him in wasn't great. Like I think I have Ridley, so he's been out for a couple weeks. I have Julio, 
Um, he's been out for a couple weeks. So like I needed someone who I knew was going to be there and, and kind of produce. Obviously that ended up biting me in yeah. the butt this week, this week, but McLaurin from a dynasty perspective, like it was, it just seemed like a no brainer to really strengthen that team. Um, and now I'm going to be four and two, I think in that league, but my only l- other loss outside of this week was to the best team in the league. And I think this gives me a shot to go at him in the playoffs. Awesome. No, I love it. It's a good trade. I'll give it an A. I appreciate that. Thank you. You're welcome. Well, and the cool, the really cool part was, and this, I, I don't think this happens often in general, was I sent the offer and it with Sleeper. Now you've got the ability to send it via DMs. I was like, hey, dude, send you a trade. It's a cross first trade. Let me know what you think. And he was like, yeah, man, got to go on a show. I'll, I'll let you know what I think after. And he DM'd me the next day, and he's like, I actually really like this trade for both sides and immediately accepted. Like, there was no counter. I was like, wow. Yeah. <laughs> that doesn't happen very often. Uh, so um, I thought, I mean, I feel like that right there tells you that it was a fair trade and both teams won, which is what I like to do. Yeah, man. That's awesome. Cool. Good stuff. Great trades. Well, that wraps up this episode of Fantasy Nightcap. Nate, thank you so much for joining me tonight as the second rotating tap. I greatly appreciate you and your guest hosting abilities. It was a pleasure as per usual. Before we sign out, though, remind people where they can find you on Twitter. And if there's anything specific that you want to plug that wasn't in the intro, let us know now, please. So you can find me at JanateJackFF on Twitter, J-E-N-A-T-E-G-A-C-K, J-A-C-K. <laughs> I can't even say my own Twitter handle right. At JanateJackFF on Twitter, at J-E-N-A-T-E-J-A-C-K-F-F. Uh, it's a combination of my wife's name, my name, and my son's name. As you may have gathered, people originally thought it was Jen ate Jack, like Jen was eating our son which is not what it was. Um, Yeah, I just, I've got a lot going on. So follow me on Twitter. I will definitely tweet out all of the places I am in between media 32 and 32 fantasy collective, the lateral coming off the edge, hopefully ESPN in the next couple of weeks. (laughs) That would be awesome. Yeah. Actually, I'd rather work for the athletic, I think, but I don't know who knows. So I'm all over the place. Uh, I'm having fun. Love football. Let's go. Awesome. Thanks for having me. Well, thanks, Nate. Absolutely. Uh, I look forward to having you on as a uh, monthly guest and and guest host. So thank you for coming on. Make sure you follow us on Twitter at Fantasy Nightcap. You can follow me on Twitter at FFShaneB. And then all of this content will also be on the Fantasy Football Collective website, which is www.ffcollective.com. You can find us on Twitter at FF underscore collective. Just so you guys don't forget, collective is K-O-L-L-E-C-T-I-V. And that wraps up this episode of the Fantasy Nightcap, where we serve you fantasy advice. Straight, no chaser. Cheers.